0: McShane Bible study, day 210. You wanna hear a funny story? It's not so funny for me. <laughs> Mommy, but it's a little funny. So we keep our dog in a crate. Uh, and, and if you're not interested in this, you can probably pass a minute and scoop fast forward a minute. We keep our dog, our new puppy, in a crate. She's not allowed upstairs. There's a gate to get up there. I woke up at five this morning. I uh, went downstairs. Well, and as I'm going downstairs, the dog is inside the gate at the bottom of the stairs, and I see she's broken through it. I go all around the downstairs. Did she, you know, go to the bathroom anywhere? I don't see anything. I let her out. She's not that really interested in going out. Um, have my coffee, spend my time with the Lord. And then um, I'm getting ready to go on a walk. so I like you know I go upstairs to get some socks. And as I walk back into our bedroom, whoo, I'm thinking, Man, what's going on with with mommy? Like it stinks in here, and uh, and so I go over to the place where the socks are, and as I'm stepping, I can, it's there's dim light at that point. I can kind of see dark spots on the ground, and then it dawns on me. Uh oh. <laughs> so apparently Savannah broke out of her crate, broke through the gate, <laughs> came up into her bedroom, and she didn't just poop a little. She pooped over that whole floor, <laughs> all over. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> Okay, we will start in Judges 12, and we see Jephthah's story uh, comes to an end, and it comes to an end because the men of Ephraim, they called to arms. That means they got ready for war. And they crossed to Zaphon and said, why did you cross over to fight against the Ammonites and did not call us to go over with you? And he, they said, They're gonna, we're going to burn your house down. And he said, I did call to you. I just kind of went back and scanned judges eleven i don't i don't see where he crossed over, and i don 't see where he called to them, but apparently that 's what happened. I guess he crossed over into the part of israel that's because um Ephraim is more kind of in the heart of Israel right Ephraim became the capital Samaria um, and the Gilead is on the east bank, the east side of the Jordan River and So I I guess when the Ammonites had conquered them, they would conquered into the heart of Israel, and the Japheth had just gone over there to, to, um, you know, defeat them, and so the men are angry, so then they end up going at war with each other, and the uh, Gileadites kill 42,000 Ephraimites, and there's a kind of a funny story about uh how they guarded the jordan and um checked people's uh, pronunciation of words because people had had developed different um what's the word for that different pronunciations different uh Oh, what do you call that when people speak differently? Anyways, they were speaking, they couldn't say shibboleth the same, and so they would kill him if they couldn't. I mean, apparently the war got vicious. And then it goes through three more judges that we haven't heard of, and we'll move on. And then we're reading Acts 16, and it's always amusing to me that uh, Paul spends many of his letters talking to people how they do not need to be circumcised to be saved. But then he starts taking Timothy... As his spiritual son starts taking him under his wing to <laughs> to help him in the ministry, and what does he do? It says you got to get circumcised. <laughs> but he was just, uh, you know, he was thinking that um, we we want you know. He says somewhere else, I I am all things to all people. To the Jew, I'm like a Jew. To the Greek, I'm like a Greek. He says basically, I'm willing to submit my life in order to make it easier for someone else to come to know the Lord. And so here, um, he's basically having Timothy do the same thing. And then, and they went through the region of Phrygia, this is 6, and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. So, you see him just being led by the Spirit throughout this chapter. They kind of wanted to go to Asia, but the Lord's saying, no, move on, right? I've got other plans for you. And then he has a dream about a Macedonian inviting him there. So he goes to Macedonia. And then Paul, I guess, are they in Macedonia? Yeah, I don't know where Thyatira is. They go to Thyatira, and then, is that where they are? Anyways, they, uh, You know, she brings a family to Christ there. They're in prison. uh, Oh, they they cast the uh, spirit. Oh, yeah, this is the story. 18. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. Why didn't he do it sooner? It wasn't his mission to cast out every demon. Right? Mm -hmm. He's doing... This is a big difference between... Um a a lot of people who are focused on gifts and someone who's focused on the Lord. He was submitting his life to the Lord and where the Lord was leading. Demons are very common, and he was not concerned with them until he just couldn't stand it anymore. <laughs> and this this one kept bugging them so much, and then he cast it out. See that? And then 27, so then they they get thrown in jail. And then the jailer, 27, the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing the prisoners had escaped. It it just struck me how he went from, you know, carnal life to ending it. Like, he knew they would kill him if he had let the prisoners escape. So he thought, I might as well just do it myself. And then... He sees, uh, you know, Paul cries out, hey, don't kill yourself. We're, we're still right here. And then he sees, wow, this is a mighty God. For one, he's able to save them. And for two, they didn't even escape when they could have. They're sitting here waiting for me. Again, and Paul, think about what Paul was doing in that situation. He could have escaped and left. But the Lord clearly told him, stay here. You know, be be my light to this jailer. And so the jailer is amazed by this and comes to the Lord, right? And then he takes him in, gives him dinner and everything. So it's just, it's cool to see in this, in this scripture, the, this chapter, how Paul is you know, in various stories, simply following the leading of the Lord. He doesn't know what's going to happen next. You know, he's a mighty man of God, is not all knowing. Jesus was not all knowing. Makes it makes that clear, right? But. He, he's obeying the Lord step by step, and it leads him into amazing things. See that? Well, Weston just asked a question, and I probably spoke for 15 minutes, huh? But I uh, should have recorded it, but I, I didn't. Um, so Jeremiah tells the people, look, for 23 years, I have been talking to you about the coming day of the Lord, like to repent and turn back to God because he's going to judge you for your ways and you did not do it. And so guess what? I wasn't fooling around. It's coming. You are going to be obliterated. He says in verse 12, Then after 70 years are completed, I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of the Chaldeans, for their iniquities. So, it that was important to like Daniel and others at that time, that, like look, um, Jeremiah said this is only going to be seventy years, so they read the Bible, you know, it just wasn't. It was basically a scroll of Jeremiah, but like we read the Bible to see what God is saying for the, for our time. Um, they were saying Daniel, Ezra, and Nehemiah, those guys were saying, "Hey, God is saying it's it's time for us to." You know, go back to our homeland, which which gave them uh, courage and faith to approach the lord and and to approach the kings involved and to bring this about and so um, and so you know just it's wonderful how God works and, and God just talks about destruction coming on all these different people who have not lived according to His way and again we we just talked for a long time about the day of the Lord. It's terrible for most. It is wonderful for those who fully commit themselves to God. And then we move on to Mark 11. Jesus makes his uh, triumphal entry into Jerusalem. They're all, you know, worshiping him basically at that point. Um, but then he, he sees a fig tree. He wants to eat. He doesn't eat it, and he curses it. And then he directly goes into the Jerusalem, in, at least in Mark's version, enters the temple, and he overturns the tables of the money changers. So the way he's positioned those things is, I think we just talked about this yesterday, that the fig tree represented Israel in the old system of religion. And so we see that in his actions too. He curses the tree, and then he goes and condemns their way of mixing worship with worldliness, which is what was happening there, and and then they go back and they see the fig tree did worship. And so it's, it's another picture. That system would end And when this was written. It hadn't quite ended yet, but of course it did. Um, there, 24, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received and it will be yours. So this is important. When we pray, we're not praying as a desperate thing like I hope. Now this is only when, and I think the next verse has to do with that this is only when we're standing in the will of the lord we now we can be far from god in desperate straits and pray and he will answer i'm not saying that doesn't happen but i'm saying in the way of maturity as we grow up in the lord then when we pray we only have authority first of all if it's given by god like we have Mm -hmm. to be placed but secondly if we understand our position and we have faith in god for the position that we've given the power and authority that has been bestowed upon us to pray and so we're praying with the full understanding that he's going to do what we ask him to do right and then he says that that's how your prayers will be answered 25 and whenever you stand praying forgive if you have anything against anyone that your father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses so i'm going to expand that and say it's not just about forgiving but about any ways in which you know we're he, he brought up forgiving so i don't want to minimize that but it's, it's important because when we're not forgiving someone else we're holding a grudge against somebody else then i mean God promises that that's how we're treated, right? We're in the we're we're putting ourselves under the system of the law, and therefore we're not operating in the system of the kingdom. And therefore, who controls the way of this world? Satan. Is Satan gonna honor our prayer if we're making a godly prayer? No. Because and we're operating under that. So he says, you have to operate according to the law of the spirit, the law of the kingdom, and therefore forgive right? fully. Not like I say I forgive, but I'm still holding a grudge. Fully forgive. But there's other areas in which if we know we're operating outside of the will of the Lord, again, we're, we might be have one foot in the kingdom and one foot in the world. And therefore, if, it, if it's relevant to the area where we're praying, we're not going to see results because we're not operating according to the ways of the kingdom, right? And so that's, those are really important principles that he's teaching about how to approach him in faith and then operate as one who brings the realities of the kingdom to this world, right? The very last verse says, so they answered Jesus, we do not know. Oh yeah, this is when the Pharisees were challenging him. What authority do you have? And he says, that he gives them a, basically a riddle. Is John from God or not? And they don't like the question because either one, they have to admit they're either not following God or they're upsetting the people. And so they don't answer. He says, then I don't have time for you. Right? This isn't a serious discussion. I don't care that you represent the old way of God. I am here with the new way of God and I'm not going to get sucked into arguments with you if you're not truly coming to me as one who's hungry to learn, if you come to me, remember when Nicodemus came to him, he, he, he explained the truth. You know, we know in the end, Nicodemus gave his life to the Lord, but he says, you're here to get me and I don't need to win an argument with you. That's futile. That's worldly thinking. I don't care about your position of authority in this world. It's all yours. You're in the kingdom of darkness. I came here as part of a kingdom of light, and that's what I'll be about, the will of the Lord. See that? That's all I have. Do you have anything else? Mm, No. God bless you. God bless you. How long?